You have gifts to be shared and contributed that will help others in some way. And when you share your gifts, you are serving society by giving the gift of yourself. In return, you get to love what you are doing and make money doing it. Nothing is better than that, especially when you own a business. Hello and good day, I'm Renee Perry, and welcome to Business Success Starts with Loving Your Work Podcast. You are blessed with many gifts, and the gifts you have been given consist of your passions, your core values, your natural abilities, your skills, your interests, your strengths, your vision, and your goals. We have talked at length already about your passions and core values in recent podcasts. So today, we are going to talk about the next four, your natural abilities, skills, interests, and strengths. And when you are using all or a lot of these gifts, you will love your work and you will love your business. As it's been said by Mark Twain, find a job you love and you will never work a day in your life. To avoid saying natural ability, skills, interests, and strengths many times over, we will instead call them our four components to just avoid a lot of tongue twisting in this podcast. You have these four components in all three levels of who you are, mentally, emotionally, and physically that similar to core values and passions will also help guide you to loving your work and being successful in business. I have found that we tend to have an easier time connecting with natural abilities, interests, and skills than we do with our passions, core values, and strengths. I am talking about natural abilities, interests, skills, and strengths at the same time today because natural abilities, skills, and interests lead into your strengths. All four are interconnected. Just so we are on the same page about what they all are, let's do a quick synopsis of their meaning. Natural abilities. Natural abilities are just what the words say. They are abilities you have been born with. There are certain things you can do naturally that you have never had to work hard at. It's an innate or inborn gift for a specific ability. It either allows you to exhibit some immediate skill without practice or to gain skill rapidly with minimal practice. Skills. Skills are something you do competently that you learned. It's a developed aptitude or ability. As your business unfolds, you will notice, or hopefully notice where the gaps are in your skills. You will probably not have all of the skills necessary at first because you are unaware of what skills will be necessary. It's pretty hard to prepare for something we are completely unaware of. When you are starting a business or even when you've been in business, there will be many opportunities to build new skills that will be needing to be learned by you through the business process. Interests. Interests are something that concerns, involves, draws the attention of, or arouses the curiosity of you. And then we have the last component, which is your strengths. Strengths are attributes, activities, or tasks you have excelled in. What are you excellent at? Strengths are natural abilities, skills, or interests that you have developed and then became excellent at it. And don't you dare say you have no strengths because you do. We all do. To point out all of these good aspects about yourself, it must come from a place of awareness and non-judgment. These four components can include many things, from communication, creativity, problem-solving, leadership, organization, openness, adaptability, chess, writing, 
running, math, science, reading, comprehension, gardening, so on and so forth. The list is endless. Listen, I have always been interested in people who started their own companies, and I've only worked for small business owners. My first job was as a bookkeeper for a jeweler who was located in downtown Lockport and who was an entrepreneur, and I was fascinated by how he managed his company. Then I worked as a legal secretary for two different law firms that had both been started from scratch by my bosses. And the last business I worked for was as a clerk for a grocery store that was ran by a local family. And all of this led to owning my own business. When my husband and I started our business many moons ago, we had a whole lot of passion and absolutely no money at a time where many people were starting businesses strictly to make money because that was the mantra of the day. Open up a business book from that time period, and it was always about how to make money, what you must do, what you had to do to be successful. The meaning of success was to have, you know, the big beautiful house on the hill surrounded by a white picket fence with an expensive car in the driveway and 2.7 children. The overriding conversation was more about spreadsheets, percentages, laws, and formulas. But I have observed through the years that purpose comes from loving your work and money comes after loving what you do, which is what creates your sustainability, profitability, and productivity. When you love what you do, not only do you receive joy doing it, you also create value. As you become better at what you do, you receive more money because you are more valued. Money is a process. My husband and I were also mostly clear about our personal values and what values we wanted to integrate into our company and how we wanted it to operate. That was the extent of our business knowledge. Neither of us went to college. I do not have a business degree. I worked as a legal secretary and loved it, and it was a perfect prelude to the work I would be doing as an administrator and business owner. My husband, he started his first business mowing lawns at the age of eight. I definitely was not that ambitious as a kid. He then, at the age of 12, started working on his dad's semis. His dad was an owner-operator of a trucking company, and my husband was the only boy out of four boys that loved working on trucks. Yes, he loves being a diesel mechanic. This was his prelude to starting a business in heavy truck and equipment repair. We started our business together in 1985 as 20-year-olds and as sole proprietors, just needing to make some extra money outside of our regular jobs. We barely could afford our $150 a month rent on a teeny tiny trailer that was less than 400 square feet, but hey, it was home. Luckily, this trailer had a built-in bed and dresser, and then all we had to do was buy a $10 disgusting 20-year-old green couch someone was selling at my husband's work that we managed to buy. I put a clean blanket on top of it, and voila, our trailer was furnished. I was often very late every month making that rent payment. I hated when the landlords, who by the way happened to also be our next door neighbors, had to call me and tell me to pay the rent. It made me gut sick, literally, to not pay on time and to struggle so much financially. I hated it. Our side work began with my husband working out of a teeny tiny shed next to our teeny tiny trailer that was not insulated. It was made of tin, making it frigid in the winter and sweltering hot in the summer. The shed had no light, so... My husband had to plug in a treble light into a socket inside our trailer with this long cord going to the shed so he could see, sort of. And he would overhaul small engines in there. 
My husband worked his job, which was usually around 50 hours a week, and then he would come home, eat whatever dinner I made, usually chicken or ground beef. They were both cheap meals back then. And he went back to work inside the shed. After I had our first baby, I took on jobs that allowed me to stay home with her, such as babysitting for friends and working at the local grocery store on weekends and evenings. I even had a gig for a while cleaning up a lawyer's files at my home. I also handled the finances and bookkeeping for our side work, and this was the beginning of business ownership for me. Now, let's skip ahead 10 years to 1996, and we decided to jump into business ownership with both feet. It was terrifying to rely on ourselves to make money. There were now three children to worry about in our first home that we were finally able to purchase with a mortgage payment that we were able to afford with our jobs. But will we make enough money in our business to continue the payments? That was one of my main concerns among many. Our business journey didn't begin with money or a college degree. We had neither. It started with the components I've already talked about. Passion, core values, natural abilities, skills, interests, and some strengths that led to more strengths through time. It had to, or we would not have survived in business. We would have never survived business ownership if we were not willing to continue building our old and new skills, natural abilities, and strengths. Here's an interesting statistic for you. A comprehensive Gallup study by researchers Marcus Buckingham, Donald Clifton, and others has shown that strength-based development leads to engagement and productivity. The research shows that specifically, when you develop your strengths, businesses experience 10 to 19% increased sales, 14 to 29% increased profit, 3 to 7% higher customer engagement, and last, 9 to 15% increase in engaged employees. Gallup studies have found 8 to 18% performance improvement and 2 to 10% increases in customer engagement among strengths-based organizations. Both myself and my husband inadvertently and unknowingly used our passions, core values, our strengths, skills, natural abilities, and interests when we began our business. I was lacking in many strengths and skills when we first started the business, as was my husband. But that 10-year period of doing side work helped both of us to improve and develop on some of them before jumping in with both feet. It also helped me become aware of what more skills and strengths I would need to continue to thrive in my business. There will most likely be some skills and strengths you will never be interested in developing. And that is when you need to find someone who is good at what you are not good at and will never want to be good at it because you have absolutely no interest in it. When I was in high school a few years ago, I took accounting classes and I thought maybe I wanted to be an accountant. I was teetering between becoming a secretary and a CPA. Very quickly, it became apparent to myself that I hate accounting. To me, accounting seems all backwards and how it's calculated. It, it makes no sense. My brain doesn't work that way. One of the first things I did when I started my business was to hire a really good accountant. And the 1980s was an interesting time with accountants because there were many of them that would purposely do accounting in a way that they would find, in air quotes, you extra money, which obviously isn't the right or legal way. 
Many accountants were starting to get busted for this in the early 90s. I just wanted an honest accountant who knew what the heck they were doing and give me honest and knowledgeable advice. I started using an accountant in Juliet who happened to be the son of my brother and sister's godparents who had started their own accounting firm. One of the first things my accountant told me is to not hire him if I was looking to have someone cook the books. I hired him because I wanted someone who could help lead me to business success for the long term. This CPA I will always attest to was one of the main reasons I am still in business today and getting ready to retire. He has always given me solid accounting and financial advice. I've not always listened to his advice, but his advice has helped me to understand my options. Maybe about 20 years ago, I met a woman who was a loan officer at a local bank, and she told me how her husband had started a business, and she asked me who I used as an accountant in our business. When I told her, she said, Oh, I talked to them. They were way too expensive. Her husband only stayed in business a few years. If you don't want to learn something or be good at it, hire someone who will fill that gap for you. And don't be afraid to fire them and find someone new if this person doesn't do what is expected of them. I know it's a pain in the neck to hire and fire, but having someone on your team who isn't doing what is necessary for your business to succeed is dragging you down. According to Gallup in 2020, which is the organization that administers the best-selling Clifton Strengths for Students Assessment, and I quote, people who focus on using their strengths are three times as likely to report having an excellent quality of life and are six times as likely to be engaged in their jobs. End of quote. Let me repeat that. People who focus on using their strengths are three times as likely to report having an excellent quality of life and are six times as likely to be engaged in their jobs. If the prior statistics don't convince you of the importance of your strengths for business success, Applying your strengths also gives you these three benefits. The first one, it gives you more confidence. When you use your strengths, you increase your performance. When you do a great job, you become more confident. The second benefit, you are more likely to achieve your goals. And the third benefit, you are more effective at growing and developing yourself. If you are given a challenge outside of your comfort zone that sits in your top strengths, there will be no stopping you. When strengths are aligned to what you want to achieve, you will find a way to grow. Here are three questions to help you identify your strengths. Number one, what strengths have you used in the past that helped you accomplish the success of reaching your goals? Number two, what do others come to you for help with? And number three, what strengths have you used to overcome some of your challenges? And if you struggle with identifying your strengths, maybe ask a few people who really know you and like you, this is super important, what they think your strengths are. Sometimes people close to us capture our essence better than we do. If you have any questions, concerns, or feedback for me in regards to these podcasts or anything else, or you would like to give me a topic to cover on a future podcast, either send me an email at renee at yahoo.com 
or there is a contact form on my website at renaeperrybusiness.com. I would love to hear from you. I also hold workshops, and if you would like to sign up for more information, send me your email to receive updates. And last, please hit the subscribe button next to this podcast to continue hearing future podcasts. In closing, statistics show the personal and business benefits of using your natural abilities, interests, skills, and strengths. Personally, you will gain confidence, have an easier time achieving your goals, and be more effective at growing and developing yourself further. In business, you experience increased sales, profits, customer engagement, and engaged employees. I believe we all have a purpose in this world. We have gifts to give to people, to society, to communities, to animals, to something. And these gifts give back to us by giving us purpose, fulfillment, and contentment. It helps to follow all or most of your components of who you are in order to love your work, contribute to society, and be successful in business. How awesome would it be to run a successful business that you love, doing what you love, and serving customers that love what you do? Thank you for joining me and take some time to really look at all of your wonderful gifts and remember the beauty and perfection of who you are. 